0: Welcome to Hate Change, the podcast where we question the truth and find happiness in new realities. My name is Anne-Therese, and I'm so excited to have you here on this journey with me. So now, let's get ready to embrace some change. Have you ever felt like the life you built for yourself wasn't really what you thought it would be? Or have you maybe felt too pushed by society or expectations, both your own and others, to follow a certain path even though deep inside you know you'd rather do something else? And if so, have you ever considered just saying, heck with this, and go for it? I know, it can seem super scary, but in today's talk with Jene Bovell the top of her class business student who completely switched gears and decided to do her own thing. We talk about what it means to trust your intuition and follow your heart. Sinead is all about building that life for yourself that you are meant to live and to do the work that you are put on this earth to do. And so she started her own business, Way, to be able to educate and inspire other millennials to follow their dreams. She's the model who talks tech the girl boss who gets invited to attend meetings at the UN and to hang out with presidents at Bloomberg's business forum. And she's also one of the most earthbound and humble human beings I've ever met. I'm super excited to share this talk with you guys, so get ready to feel inspired. Without further ado, this is Sinead Vauvel. All right. Hi, girl. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Pretty good. You know, trying to hustle through the day as usual. It's Tuesday, so it's always like that after Monday, but still not Thursday. But yeah, Yeah, it's
1: good. Still quite not so far in the week yet. I know, right?
0: I'm so excited to have you on my show today, and we are going to talk about a lot of my favorite topics so you're a full-time model in new york city and you're also the founder of way an organization that bridges the gap between millennials and the digital future you're known as a model that talks tech and recently you spoke at the united nations and at the u.s chambers of commerce about this very topic in other words you are a wow girl however i know that this is not the journey that you set yourself out for at first and that your life has undergone a lot of change over the past few years. So please tell us a bit more about who you were in college and what
1: has happened between then and now. Okay, Um, so between then and now a lot has happened. I have a new identity to say the least. Um, But I I started out um, building a life for myself that was almost based around other people's versions of success. Um, I never really defined it for myself personally um and not that i was not seeking to do so i just didn't know that anything else existed outside of the conventional lanes of you know doctor lawyer business um and i did like business growing up and so that's the path that i chose to take um and so i was very focused on finance i did my degree in finance i did my masters in business um all sort of aimed at this job of you know becoming a management consultant um and then i i Got the job. I landed what would be in my quotations my dream job, um, and it it had never felt so wrong. I had never been um, so awake um, in myself, knowing that this was not the path that I was supposed to be on. Um, It it was almost like a meltdown. It was in my early twenties, and you know I had built this life, and it's it's. I suddenly knew that I was on the wrong path. Uh, Simultaneously, I was scouted by a modeling agency, which kind of opened my mind to think well what if this is you know the door or the window um, that I'm supposed to take to build a new life
0: I think it's so interesting how I think it's like almost every time you feel like this is not happening like this is not just what I thought it would be it's so interesting how the universe kind of just like nudges you're like hey this is another path you can take and what if you tried out this instead and I mean I assume that you have invested all this time in like going to school and getting an education and thinking this was the path. But then modeling, which is so different from what you want to do, even though it might have felt like an out, you must have been doubting for a while before you made a decision. Oh. How, how did you go about it?
1: Totally. Doubt isn't even a strong enough word. Um, I didn't even know what modeling media fashion as an industry even looked like. I did not even read magazines. Um, I didn't really watch much TV. I was, I was so far from that world. I couldn't have been further. And so it was basically me just trusting in myself that I would somehow bridge the gap. I would bring business back into the picture and use modeling as a platform somehow, some way. Um, But what that would be, I had no idea. And so I was really risking it all to to just believe in myself and kind of leaving it up to the universe. I knew that I had my work ethic, I had my drive, um, but I didn't know which way I'd be pointing it in. Um, And so there was a lot of anxiety. Um, The whole decision process took about a year. I ended up taking a leave of absence from the consulting job. So I, I actually didn't even quit straight out. I asked them for a leave of absence before I even started. Which was kind of crazy in itself um, and so I started to explore the modeling and and I had another startup I was doing and it things started to do well, but it wasn't as if you know I landed five covers on Vogue and it was like a shoe-in. it was still okay, am I gonna just give up everything I've built and walk into this new life or do what's safe and what I had always thought I dreamt about so that it, it was it was tough it was very tough I
0: feel like that was never something that you aspired. so even though it might look like a success in many people's eyes you got to remember that for you you had like you were aiming for something completely different and i think i mean i have a very similar story that to yours and when you kind of have this idea from society and from your upbringing then you know to be successful you need to get an education and you need to have a title to yourself and like fashion is nothing that you can really like put in there as a success title um, but I think also where you succeeded is because you really tied together the fashion part and your business part, which we really need to talk more about. But was there a moment when you really realized this is it? Like, I'm, I've chosen the wrong path or where I ended up after this path is not where I want to be. Do you, Can you recall a moment where you really knew that this is
1: this was the right choice? Um, I There were kind of a few different moments. So the first was... I, you know, built my resume, all of this stuff to get the the internship for this consulting job while I was in the midst of my master's. Um, And I practiced really hard for the interview, um, weeks and weeks and weeks. And then when I got the job, instead of feeling happy, I felt scared suddenly. And I had been, you know, studying and practicing and doing all this for this moment. And I didn't feel good at all. Um, I didn't know what that feeling was or why. Um, and then I went into the internship, I ended up getting a full-time offer after it, um, but the feeling kept growing. And so it was me starting to realize, wow, the more I get closer to this life, the worse I feel. And that was kind of the aha moment. Um, and and interestingly enough, too, at the end of the summer where I did that internship, I took a trip to California um, and being kind of away from, from my old life, I, I had this kind of feeling... I think I'm supposed to be in a different life, in a different city, like in a completely different place. But I had no idea how to describe that as a feeling. Um, it's only retrospectively now that I can articulate it. Um, but at the time, it was just I knew I was supposed to be in a different life.
0: And that's really the intuition that's speaking to you, like they're in a <laughs> feeling that, you know, there's something here that isn't right. I could do something different.
1: Yeah, and I think we we underestimate intuition, um, because it will manifest itself into into physical into a physical feeling. Like I could, I felt the anxiety. I wasn't sleeping at night, um, and it was like no matter how much I tried to shut it off mentally or internally, my body would not let me forget um, that something needed to be done. That like we can't stop here. This isn't where you're supposed to be.
0: And I think there's so many, especially young people today, that have those feelings that you know have kind of been blindfolded or not blindfolded but have been walking this path that they thought was the right one and they try to ignore all the feelings that builds up from inside because you don't want to be the one who made the wrong choices or you want to prove to everyone that you you know you know what you're doing and you're supposed to be here but what is some advice that you can give to people that feel that way that feel like okay I thought I wanted this, um, but it turns out it wasn't the right one, and um, I'm ready, or I want to break free and start something new. Like, what's some advice you can give to that?
1: Um, yeah, I think the first thing would be a lot of us feel stuck. We feel that what we've done until now dictates what we will be able to do, um, and to not view it like that at all. And even the, fir- the further you're leaping into a different environment into, or into a different world, it's actually an asset to have such a unique background that's at the intersection of two very different things. Um, So to not underestimate the power of having such a a different resume or a resume that feels initially like it doesn't belong. Um, So I think that'd be the first thing. And a lot, and the second thing that I hear a lot is, I don't know what I feel like I should do. Um, I know I don't enjoy what, what I'm doing right now, but I don't know where my calling is. And I think that's because we often look at careers from the perspective of, well, what do I want to do? What is the job? Instead of asking ourselves, who do I want to be? And I think when you ask who you want to be, you, you know, it, it's a bit more of an enlightened answer. You know, I want to be a leader. I want to make an impact. All of these different things of clarity start to come through because um, the truth is there is no job that already exists that you could just put a, this is where I want to apply. Your dream job is usually an extension of who you are, um, which means that should be the leading question.
0: I think also that we need to start thinking about success in terms of feelings and happiness and abundance. And mm-hmm. when I say abundance, it's not just too much, you know, the number and paycheck, but actually, are you enjoying your everyday life? Like, do you like mm-hmm. going to work? And sometimes that might mean going and babysit kids or Uh, work in a kitchen somewhere. Maybe, though, that might not be where you make the most money. You may have more free time or you may actually really love what you're doing and that's more important sometimes. Um, And if you want to be a leader, like, who am I? Who do I want to be? You can be a leader to anyone. It doesn't have to be mean that you're the CEO of the company. So Mm -hmm. I I think, too, like, try to redefine what it means to be successful and abundant, too.
1: Totally. I think the more personal you can define... Um, what it is that you want out of life, and I think we should also stop looking at careers and dreams as separate. Um, they sh- they shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You know, my dream is to do to travel the world and to do this, and then my career is something else. Um, your career is going to take up the majority of your life, so why not that? Not have that as your dream.
0: And so, since we are talking career and dreams, please tell us what you've done with your dreams and your career and what way it is today.
1: Yeah, so Wei, um, I'm very, very passionate about the future and about technology, Um, and it was something that I I was always passionate about, and then as it's kind of come closer and, you know, we see evolution and innovation in tech uh, really penetrate into our lives, I realized not how we exist today is not necessarily going to be sustainable going forward. A lot of the jobs we see today will be replaced by by technology, Um, and so i kind of use that as the guiding light for way um, where I work towards building a sustainable career path or sustainable working future for the next generation. Uh, So we take all of the cool things that are going to be present in the future, analyze how that's going to impact the actual career environment or the workforce, and then build startups and get young entrepreneurs off the ground to be able to survive and sustain um, in what the future will look like.
0: So, are you taking on like one-on-one clients or are you more just speaking to the public?
1: Uh, it's, yeah, so there's two angles of it. So there's kind of like the media side um, or the content creation side where we conduct uh, monthly way talks where we inform millennials and I would say Gen Z as well about what the future looks like. And then the other end of the spectrum is we consult uh, young entrepreneurs building their own startups um, to help them actually get them off the ground to survive in that digital future. Uh, So there's the consulting wing um, and business resources. We'll write a lot of articles. Uh, This is how you should start a business. This is how you should brand a business. Um, And then there's the future, the forward-looking area, where we educate you on what the future actually looks like.
0: So in other words, you have basically built bridged the gap between your influencer Mm -hmm. fashion career and also your business degree and how you're doing both, and you're making it your own, your own passion, your own career, and it's so cool. And I think it's awesome what you're doing too because I know – it's the author of um sapiens that just came out with a new book called 21 lessons for the 21st century and i started reading it you need to read it by the way if you haven't and it's just about how like if there's anything we need to teach our kids today it's about embracing change like mm-hmm. you, you can't just go in and like think that you can teach them math and that's all they need to know or like teach them history because everything is so changing so changing so rapidly Mm-hmm. that you need to be able to embrace that and not lose yourself. And like you said, a lot of the jobs today will be replaced by technology and, you know, IA and stuff like that. So how like how do we treat that? How do we make it part of our future and not something that we are, f- are afraid of? So it's mm-hmm. an important yeah.
1: topic. Completely. I think we need to face it head on and know that it's that's what's happening. So let's get excited um, and let's build around it. Totally,
0: and I know you're also very passionate about things like equality and environmental issues and all things like that, saving the world. Um, so how does tech play a part in all that?
1: Um, I think in in many ways, um, if you look at technology, it's essentially if if not already here, um, it's going to be the backbone, um, of humanity and of you know the direction of you know what we're creating as a planet and what we're building, and the, a variable that will never change is the state of the environment, for example. So, you can't, you can't build a world that's going to have you know, great technology, great future, sustainable, if, if we don't consider the environment. Um, and I think, for, and, and I even know from my background, environment was never something that's been factored into the equation. Uh, we went to business school, we learned about business, um, but we never looked at you know, the environment as a thing. And if that doesn't exist, then this all kind of goes to waste. Um, so, I, But I also think with the environment, it also provides a lot of opportunity for technology um, to grow from and to, and to use what the problems are in the environment as an opportunity for tech to innovate around. Um, when it comes to things like equality, um, I've had a lot of, you know, being a mixed race female, I've, I've seen how gender gaps, race gaps um, impact you on the day-to-day. Um, And so I'm very, very passionate about bridging those gaps, um, educating people on those gaps, and then ultimately, you know, building technologies on the right side of history, which would mean environment, equality, all of that is, is in one equation. They're not separate.
0: Totally. And I mean, I think these are questions that's been going on for ages, but today, thanks to things like social media and technology we can just fast forward and really reach the masses in like no time. And I think that's why we see all the results like the Me Too movement and communities coming to life online and, you know, groups like Model Mafia. These exist because of technology. So completely. we need to really see that and understand its power too.
1: Oh, I, I completely agree. I think there are negative sides of technology Slightly, but I think they are much more positive positive than pros with tech. Um, like for when you speak to things like equality in the environment.
0: And I know you also just recently attended the Bloomberg Forum in New York City, which is so cool, by the way. I saw all your stories. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish I was there. But please give us some juicy inside details of what you learned that day.
1: Yeah, so the Bloomberg um, Global Business Forum, it brings together um, everything from presidents and prime ministers to leading CEOs, um, you know, from Google, Uber, Lyft. Um, and they come together in one place to solve the big problems of the world, you know, equality, gender gap, environment. Um, and so some of the exciting, the exciting things that were discussed um, were the partnerships between teams like Google, Lyft, Uber, sharing their data. Um, as a a platform to start changing the environment. So for example, if you look at a company like Uber, they know which streets are the most congested. They know which areas people hail rides from the most. So let's build our public transit systems. Let's build our driverless car uh, maps around that. Um, And the same would be for Google. They said that they have gathered so much data on Google Maps um, about which houses have solar panels um, solar panels that wouldn't necessarily be used at maximum capacity that a city could then take and resell or redistribute um, so that was one thing that was really really exciting seeing private companies um, coming together to you know achieve goals of you know improving the planet and then the second aspect that I think was really um, fascinating and inspiring um, we see a lot of negative things in the media um, and in the news right now and not because and, and because, you know, it's true, the things that are being, we're seeing are, are real things. But to be in a room with leaders who recognize that and have solutions for that was very reassuring. And for, for example, some of the leading scientists for climate change had met with the United Nations, had met with the majority of presidents and prime ministers and are building plans to actively combat it. Um, and so I think that was something that was really reassuring and types of information that we don't see in the news every day
0: totally and important that we do share that because i think it's also a lot of news about how the data being collected is like a threat to us and there's been a lot about that recently in media and like you just pointed out we can also use the same data or similar data to really see patterns and make sure that whatever we make from now on in the future is really like governed towards how can we be the most efficient? How can we cut down on waste and consumption and pollution? Um, because I think it was, I think it was today they released and released a new report mm-hmm. about global warming, which was really scary. To be honest, I think it's like by twenty forty or something we are kind of we're gonna be like pretty much fucked. Um, so mm-hmm. like not fucked, but it's gonna be really bad. Droughts gonna be bad. Um, we're gonna be see a big change in the environment, and we are already seeing that. But bottom line is we need to do stuff and I think we need to now more than ever come together collectively companies need to come together governments individuals start creating communities join communities but also spread the positive news and I think that's why it's so cool to hear that what what was said during the Bloomberg business forum is actually a lot of positivity and not just negative facts
1: yeah it was quite positive um and one of the incredible things about the, this forum is the whole goal is to bring together private and public um, partnerships. So government may have this agenda to do positive things, but ultimately it can't without private capital. We need both teams to kind of work together. Um, and so this this forum bridges those gaps, which is really incredible. And it's almost like government presents the problems um, and then these private companies present their solutions. Um, and so it's a, it's a very efficient, um, a very efficient and promising process.
0: Was there one thing in particular that you really just loved? Like what was your favorite part that you learned that day?
1: Um, My favorite part, um, and I think it it kind of ties back into the data today with the United Nations releasing, you know, kind of the, the gloom look for 2040. Um, but, but the leader of the United Nations came out and said, we are viewing climate change as an opportunity um, and technology is on our side. Um, and I think when, when she said that you know, the room kind of took a deep breath, um, that, the, that the biggest leaders on this planet are fully aware and fully embracing this um, as an opportunity to build from and, and to change.
0: Oh, wow. I got goosebumps. Thank you for showing <laughs> you that. Okay, um, that's awesome. I just really need to hear all that positivity. And since we have talked about all the, you know, positive things about technology, I do want to touch upon quickly some of the negatives too, because mm-hmm. I do feel like I found a true soul sister in you when I discover that you also are sensitive to radioactive waves and Wi-Fi and such like that. And I thought I was the only one for like the longest time. But when did you realize that this was something that bothered you?
1: Um, for me, it was almost like a indirect realization. So my uh, my middle sister, she was diagnosed with Lyme disease about nine or ten years ago. And um, that's you know, impacted and sensitive to, to many different factors. Um, but through our research and trying to get her better and get her on remission... EMF radiation and frequencies was one thing that kept coming up in our research and so we had a professional uh, Physicist come into our house and to examine you know the different radioactive which rooms have more frequencies and when we made the changes in our house We saw not necessarily dramatic improvement in her Lyme disease, but in the symptoms um, that she was experiencing and then, you know, my whole family kind of took a step back and, and started to examine our own lives. And even though we weren't we weren't sick with a chronic illness, we noticed differences in our sleep. For example, when we turned off the router and the Wi-Fi in our house, um, when we started to unplug all of the lamps and things that would emit emit any sort of frequencies around us, a drastic improvement in mood, behavior, sleep is the is the main thing that I was impacted by. But yeah, it all kind of stemmed from from a really real situation with my sister having Lyme disease and being so sensitive uh, to any sort of Wi-Fi.
0: I think it's so interesting. I mean, uh, obviously, my I, I if anyone doesn't know, I can't hold my phone to be on my computer without these really ridiculous ends that I've cut off their fingers too, because it just hurts my hands after a while. And I force my husband to turn off the Wi-Fi and the phones need to go on airplane mode. And, you know, I just try to live with little electricity and technology in our house as possible because I just can't sleep otherwise. Actually, one night I woke up and I was just tossing and turning. I'm like, oh, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, maybe he forgot to turn his phone on airplane mode. Not saying that was the reason, but it wasn't on airplane mode. And I was like, of course that was it. And so I think, I think more people are affected by it than we realize. And I think maybe we just, like, learned to live this way like we don't even reflect on our bad moods or disruptive sleep patterns and stuff like that and we just think that that's how it's supposed to be but if we think about it we are so surrounded by it all the time
1: Mm -hmm. and um i think yeah for example i don't sleep in my bedroom has the router in it in brooklyn and we can't move it because that's where the cable cord is so I, i literally do not fall asleep in this room um and if i had to move my bedroom essentially into the family room um, and I'm someone that's very pro tech, uh, very much a futurist, and technology is completely a part of that. Um, but I think that there there's always different layers to things, and I think EMF is one of those things, almost like smoking, but we don't necessarily realize it while we're in it, but retrospectively, once we start doing the studies, we're I think will will more people will start to see and hopefully take it seriously.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think eventually, if probably, hopefully soon, they are gonna start looking at it and see how we can cut down. And I think I've I've even heard there's different kinds of uh, electricity or energy, like there's positive and negative ones. And so you want to make sure that whatever comes through your computers, not the most negative source out there. I I can't talk too scientifically about it because I don't know too much about it, but uh, I know that there's probably a lot of studies that could be done about it and we should probably try to improve how technology is being made and used in the future because I think we're going to start seeing, if we aren't already seeing, you know, defects and stuff and diseases maybe even being developed within people?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. and, and I think um, if you look at studies, so for example, the World Health Organization did a study in 2005 um, based off of information that they had been getting in the 90s um, when the internet really started to come to come into play in our lives. And so it's not as if it's a really new hypothesis. Big, formal you know health organizations know that there's a potential. Um, and which is why it's, it's, it's a factor that I think is only just growing now with our studies. But, um, I think it's just a matter of time. And I think we have a lot of big players who would be negatively served if that type of information was to be revealed. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of different reasons for why the, why the information isn't as prevalent as it potentially should be.
0: Totally. And like you just said before, it's similar to the cigarette industry and just the fact that the first electric motor was destroyed. You know, when big players are out there to make their moves, certain things get mm-hmm. hidden and certain things, you know, come to surface. And I think this might be one of those cases. So for anyone who's listening right now, you are probably more effective than you know, even though you're not wearing silly gloves when you're on your phone. And I think a way to just help yourself as much as you can is like Sinead said you know, pull the plug on lamps if you can, try to shut your router off. It's actually good for the electricity bill too, because it doesn't have to be on when you're not using it. Mm -hmm. Um, Put your phone on airplane mode, just things like that. Try not to have a ton of things in your bedroom where you're sleeping. It's really important to
1: just have it quiet. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want (laughs) to add? Yeah, I think that anything that's plugged in, don't have that close to your head. Um, And I think one test that I found really helpful when I was getting informed about all this EMF and Wi-Fi things was un- going into a room with all the Wi-Fi on router on and then going back to that same room unplugging the router um, turning off the lights or unplugging anything in the room and feeling the difference um, I think it, it, it was a really good kind of reality check um, for for myself or anybody else in my family that was doubting you know is this something that we should actually worry about and as soon as we did that and we could actually feel the difference in the room, um, I think it, it, it's a helpful eye-opener to start with.
0: So interesting. Actually, also, which is, you know, you can always do this, but I try not to have too many arguments <laughs> with anyone I like. Um, i not sure my husband, because that's who I live with. Um, when you're, like, in a room, feel about Things that can distract you and just the negative energies. Mm-hmm. We have our best talks when we're out on a hike, and you know, there's just like nature surrounding us, and that's when we really align our energies again, and like, the best conversations come from that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think every time, especially if you go to New York, or, like a city where it's just like so much energies and from everywhere, it always starts building attention. And every time that happens, it's just about walking into nature and it's solved basically because I think you know it's just like your brain is so wired up and you start getting antsy and stressed out for no reason um and it's not helping your life and your you know your social life so just something to keep in mind
1: (laughs) yeah I totally agree
0: all right. Well, it's been really fun having you here on Hey Ching. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're super busy being full-time model and having your own business and everything you're doing all the time. And I would love to start wrapping up with my final three questions. But before we do that, please just tell the audience where they can find you and follow you and learn everything about way and whatever you want to put into the world.
1: Yes. Um, so my Instagram, I'm very um, active on. I share a lot of stuff that I'm doing on, on Instagram, which is just my name, Sinead Lovell. And then my website, WayTalks.com, and Way is W-A-Y-E and T A L K S dot com. So you can find on either platform. And then our Instagram is Way underscore Way So we post when the next Way Talks are, are coming. We post a lot of information about the future, what you should be knowing, what the tech giants are up to. Um so you can follow us on any of those platforms and you'll be able to stay in the know.
0: Super cool. I would also include all these links in the show notes. So making sure no one will miss him. Thank you so much. All right. Are you ready for my final three?
1: I am ready for your final three. Okay, <laughs> let's go.
0: So number one, what is the best thing about being a woman today?
1: I think um, we can all feel that a door has been opened, which is a very, very exciting place to be in um, because it means we're, we're walking into a new world, a new journey and so I think that it's it's an exciting time to be a woman. Our voices that we've always have, we're now being empowered to use them by one another, by um, our male counterparts. So I, I think it's an exciting time. Um, and I think, you know, opportunity is just on our side.
0: All right. So if you were to go back in time and tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would that be?
1: It would be to... Listen to my inner voice. I think I suppressed it a little bit um, and, and was listening to other voices, other people's voices, um, but I would go back and tell myself, listen to my voice.
0: I love that. Trust your intuition. hmm Okay. All right. And my final question, here on Hate Change, we're all about spreading positivity and good news. So as a final question, please share with us what makes you optimistic about the future and why
1: why I'm so excited about the future. Um, I think technology is really, really on our side. It's solved you know, the unsolvable for diseases. It's connected people that we're, have never been connected before. Um, so that makes me really, really excited for the future. I think pop, you know, contrary to popular belief, we're actually more connected than ever before. Geography is no longer a barrier. Language is no longer a barrier. So I think the world is actually coming together Um, And technology is kind of the the underlying driver. So I think those two kind of angles blend together to make a really exciting future.
0: Thank you again for tuning in today. I'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website heychange.net so please follow me and we can be friends all right until next time have an awesome day and don't forget to get out there and embrace some change